Reds one and all. It is Wednesday, June 10th, 2020, and welcome to episode 34 of Heel Alternative, the interim official podcast of Pro Wrestling.cool. It's not just cool, it's dot cool. We're here to talk about all things in the world of professional wrestling, which is basically nothing, but you know, regardless, we'll still talk about how, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and fuck cops. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. Also, I guess some AEW and, uh, I don't know, some some WWE, I guess. I'm Owen. I'm, I'm Owen. Jesus Christ. I'm tired is what's going on here. I'm your host, John Garrett. <laughs> Maxwell, joined, as always, by Oscar Bernard. I appreciate that this time it's you accidentally calling you Owen. <laughs> Look. Let's let's tear down some kayfabe here, Oscar. It is officially summer in the city. New York has been so fucking hot, and I haven't wanted to use my air conditioner because it's really old and filled with black mold. That's not good. Yeah, so I basically didn't get any sleep last night, and then had to work like you know a full day, and then uh spent like two and a half hours ripping the air conditioner out of the window and ripping it apart and cleaning it to get all the mold out. Hooray. So, yeah, as soon as this is done, I'm going to go fucking collapse and sleep forever. Just take like a pill to sleep. I'm, yeah, I I got some, my back has been all fucked up lately and and everything. I, I just have back issues and shoulder issues in general, but like, yeah, yeah, with the stress of everything going on, it's definitely been worked out. I I have some, I have like a muscle relaxant that I'm going to take and and knock the fuck out with and it will be good. Yeah. But anyway, we're here to talk about wrestling and other things. Trace isn't here this week. Is this show even a wrestling show anymore? Is wrestling even wrestling anymore? I mean, you know... I guess there is still wrestling because All-Stars 5 premiered. (laughs) It's true, but we'll we'll talk about that in a couple weeks for uh, Ruthless Aggression 2. We should actually maybe not talk about it on Ruthless Aggression 2 so we can actually fucking do the thing we were supposed to do on Ruthless Aggression 1. I mean, look, we ended up talking about a whole season of a show and then doing a preview of this. I think we can we can do half of an episode just talking about three episodes. It's Oh, God, it's only going to... This year is so... How, it feels like there's been like 20 episodes of All-Stars 5 so far. I know it has. There's only been one. Oh, man. This week is... This week has been so long. This fucking month has been so long. It's the... It's July... It's June 10th. It is June 10th, and it feels like... I mean, I guess, you know, the the joke that Owen made fucking weeks ago was like, it's the 84th day of March. Like, yeah, it's like the fucking 96th day of March now, and... What does time mean? Bernie Sanders was in the race like a month ago. Yeah. No, no, it was probably like two months ago. The Iowa caucus was like three months ago. Yeah. Pete Buttigieg fucking existed four months ago. 
Remember Pete Buttigieg? I kind of don't. <laughs> I yeah, I fuck, I don't remember anything about Pete Buttigieg. Like he feels like a faded memory now. Like all I really remember was like we found the photo of him as Vigo the Carpathian where like clearly something fucked up and like the the painting stopped aging for him. Remember when they Remember when Mike Bloomberg was a viable Democratic candidate? Jesus. Yeah, for that brief second before he, like, flamed out because he was never anything. And fucking even Elizabeth Warren was able to clown on his ass. That was like three months ago. God almighty. <laughs> this um, year. I, I Who would have thought... Who would have thought that Elizabeth Warren wouldn't wind up being the worst Harry Potter tent related news of 2020. <laughs> I mean, look, J.K. Rowling being a fucking transphobic piece of shit is evergreen and just keeps happening all the time. I mean, I guess I'm surprised that she went full on mask off with it now. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. we all knew it was coming. <sighs> Y'all, this is a wrestling show, apparently. <laughs> I mean, politics is just wrestling. That's the thing, is life is wrestling. Everything is wrestling. Whatever we want to talk about is wrestling here. That's why we have Casual Friday. But since we're not recording, you know, The Idiot's Guide to New Japan yet, let's, let's stick to the topics at hand here. There was some Wednesday wrestling. And we should talk about it. I didn't watch NXT, but... I mean, there was an NXT show this weekend, if you saw any of it, Oscar. It's, you know it doesn't air in Canada. It's only on the network. It's, it's in your house. Oh, oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about this week's NXT. Nope, I'm in In Your House. I watched some of In Your House because I was curious about how In Your House they were going to do it. Well... Everybody out there on the internet, if you want to know uh, what Owen and I thought of uh, In Your House, we did a, a full-on review for the Patreon. Uh, if you're at the $5 or above tier, uh, then you you get it, and you get to hear what we thought. And the answer is, eh. But what do you think, Oscar? Um, this is... Does TakeOver USA count as a TakeOver? I... Sure... Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm willing to to let that one not be a takeover. Uh, if that one's not a takeover, then this is like the worst takeover in years. Yeah, definitely. And you know, and sure, whatever. There was no crowd, but also, yeah, hey, no. Now they had those performance center recruits. Why are they putting the recruits behind the plexiglass? They've tested them all. I don't know, man. Fucking this. I liked the fact they brought the set back, but it also the whole time it just got me thinking about, man, it would have been really weird in the Attitude Era if they did like an 80s themed pay-per-view. Yeah, I suppose so. Like, like the fact that this was like a super and this just look, it kind of goes into my whole thing of it's really weird how WWE just mines their nostalgia 
But also, it's kind of crazy how much nostalgia there was of like, yeah, they got Todd Pettengale. Even though I remember people thinking at the time, Todd Pettengale fucking blew. And yet Todd Pettengale was really good. Yes, this is the best Todd Pettengale's been. Maybe ever. I mean, shit, he's better than fucking Michael Cole. Yeah, I said it. He looks like Gary Shandling now. He really does. It's incredible. Can can we talk about, though, what was clearly the absolute best part of the show, hands down? Was it Adam Cole's IcoPro commercial? It was indeed Adam Cole's shot-for-shot remake of of the the Bret Hart IcoPro ad. Yeah! Look, you gotta want it. I want it now! I feel like WWE is missing out on it. If if we're gonna have nostalgia for the second worst era of, of WWE history, because I will say this this modern day era is finally worse than the new generation era. I mean, yeah, like, fuck, at least the new generation era. Look, you know what? Say what you will about the new generation era, at least fucking repo man is hilarious and memorable but also just like in general at least during the new generation era they were still letting guys like razor diesel bret hart Shawn michaels be good it's true they weren't just completely micromanaging everything they did yeah like kevin owens would be way better in the fucking new generation era yeah i said it no, I completely agree with that. What the fuck has Kevin Owens done since fucking uh, WrestleMania? I mean, granted, yeah, he hurt his ankle and was out for like a month, but like, still, cool. He's doing shit with Apollo Crews, I guess. Oh, boy. But yeah, like, in, gen- in general, it's like, if we're going to have nostalgia for the second worst era of WWE history, just fucking sell IcoPro again. You know you can get away with the shady shit anyway, Vince. I mean, is it really that different from Nugenics? <laughs> yeah, like, I actually feel like there's way worse shit on the market now than IcoPro. <laughs> you could probably just find whatever storage container where all the old IcoPro from the 90s is still stored and just sell that. I'm sure it's probably still good. I do like the story of how Bret Hart hated IcoPro, but because he was a spokesperson, he got so much free IcoPro, and then for Christmas he would just give all of his family cases of IcoPro. You gotta want it. <laughs> and clearly he didn't. <laughs> Did they want it, though? No. Oh man. Apparently IcoPro fucking sucks. Yeah, what do you think? How how else would it be good if their fucking slogan is "You gotta want it"? Pro <laughs> oh. wrestling, pro wrestling. They're not saying cool. that you'll want it. They're saying that you have to want it. They're commanding you to want it because they know that you're not gonna want it if they don't. The AV Club, you gotta want it. <laughs> <laughs> now this is good, Kinja. <laughs> Oh, man. But, like, or at least, I, I'm amazed they never sold, like, an IcoPro t-shirt in this nostalgic t-shirt wave. 
I am surprised about that too, actually. Like, I would absolutely 100% buy one. Unless they kind of are still have a weird arm's length relationship with, no, this was very much uh, us trying to get around the steroids trial. Yeah, I'm. look, I'm sure that there is a part of that, but also, like, hey, they're willing to reference it now, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's Hunter doing it, not not Vince, but still. I mean, though, at Raw 25, they had the Iker Pro banners up. Oh, you're right. So, you know, they. it's not like Vince is not willing to reference it. Or maybe Vince was just really smart and didn't watch Raw twenty five. It could be that he was at the uh, that he was at the the Barclays Center. Well, he or... was at the Barclays Center because the the opening segment was with Austin. Right. Yeah. Vince probably knew what was going on at the Manhattan Center. Probably, but you know, probably wasn't paying that much attention. I want to watch the feed of the fans at the Manhattan Center. Get really pissed off when they realize they paid a thousand bucks to watch Raw on a tight on a on a screen. I'm sure that there are videos out there of that. <laughs> I want to watch fucking Brock Lesnar guy get really pissed off that his expensive thing is just a viewing party for Raw in a different building and a bad DX segment. <laughs> hey, now let's be fair. They also got some dark cruiserweight matches. Hey, and they also had JR and King where they both fell asleep. You know what? Fair. They're both tired and sleepy. They need to go to bed. It was the first match. They need to go to bed. I think that was JR's last appearance for WWE as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Man... But yeah, In Your House was not that good. So, on par for a new generation era In Your House show. Yeah, you know, honestly, it didn't feel all that out of place from the kind of shows that they usually give us, except for, you know, having women's matches. First ever women's match at an In Your House, unless you count, like, the pool match. Let's not. Hey, look. The 90s were bad. Yeah, they were. Anyway, yeah, well, any matches stick out to you, aside from them just being kind of a morass of whatever? I genuinely do not remember the card of this match. Uh, oh, there's, yeah, I, can there's... Tell you, I can tell you what does stick out to me, though. Okay. I know we clown a lot on Velveteen Dream right now for for good reason, but clear, but also... What the fuck are they going to do with Velveteen Dream? That's a really fucking good question. I mean, it's it seems like one of those things where it's like, either you're punishing him like this because you're going to put him on ice for a little... You are seriously going to put him on ice for a little bit because of those allegations, or you're doing this because you're going to call him up. So, I know Meltzer was saying there is no plan to call him up. Which admittedly might just be a case of, well, we want to call him up when there's a crowd. Makes sense, but, you know. The best thing that I, you know, the best thing that I saw is basically, and I completely agree with this, Velveteen Dream is going to be Braun Strowman in the sense of, 
You had the chance to put the title on him, and by the time you did it, no one gives a shit about him anymore. Yeah, that's that definitely seems right. Like, they're going to wait to pull the trigger too late, and by that time, the damage has been done already. Especially because, as we mentioned last week, Adam Cole's contract is up in August at whatever the... at what TakeOver Boston theoretically would have been, like... There is some talk out there that actually he might not have another 18 months on his contract. Mm. But, you know, you know, say he doesn't and his contract is up in August. It's like, if you have to get the belt off of him, who beats Adam Cole now? Well, they is actually... Is it going to be Damian Priest? They've already set up, actually, uh, where they're or, going. Or, sorry, that. Dexter Loomis or whoever's attacking Undisputed Era? No, they they set it up at the end of of this week's NXT. It's it's Carrion Cross. Sure, hotshot Carrion Cross into this. Yeah, they're they're gonna hotshot Carrion Cross. He's Adam Cole's gonna die. I mean, look, is it really that surprising after the in your house match? I mean, that hey, shit was like six minutes. I'm looking at the time here. It was like the second longest match on the card. Carrion Cross must have champ a match. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant Cold Dream. Oh, no. But honestly, I didn't think that match was super great. No, I, I feel like... I love I, Dream dressed up as a fucking, you know, Roddy Piper in the Batlock Brawl, but... Uh... Another person that has a history of saying things that he probably shouldn't say. Yeah. There can, and another person that... Never won the title, even though he should have. Also true. But no, I, I again, it's just a, it really is just a matter of I don't know. I don't know what an what NXT is even gonna do. It's cool that Io Shirai won the belt. It is. It's just. It sure would have been nice if she could have won it in a way where she actually got to look strong and they didn't just do the exact same fucking finish that we talked about with the weird Drake Maverick finals. Yeah. Like, literally, the exact same finish ten days later in your main event! Also, the more I think about it, the Drake Maverick stuff really isn't sitting well with me. Yeah, because it's gross. Yeah. Like, I, like last week, I remember thinking of just, like... I remember thinking just, like, oh, that's nice. You know, it's good for him. But no, the more I think about it, it's like, oh, fuck that. Like, it's great for him. I'm glad that he got his job back. But, yeah, like, best case scenario here, he got his job back because he fucking cried on camera and fucking basically begged for it and and also they had already booked themselves into a corner yeah exactly and they had already booked themselves into a corner where it was like all right well if we let him go we're gonna look like real fucking dicks here yeah so he gets his job back and everybody else eh, maybe we'll re-sign kurt angle because we don't want a legend hall of famer going to AEW. even though would AEW even pick up kurt angle like to hope not as i was kind of saying before it's like kurt angle is only worth picking up if you're also able to pick up chad gable 
my real son. You know what? Debut him in AEW saying, I am here with my real son. I don't care how voodoo kid mafia that is. I'd be kind of into it. You know what? Have both Ameri- of both of American Alpha be his son. I don't mind if canonically Jason Jordan and Chad Gable are brothers. Yeah, that's fine. I feel like there could probably be a... I mean, I also kind of liked the J. I I liked where the Jason Jordan angle was going. I liked where the Jason Jordan angle was going before Jason Jordan's career ended. I agree. I'm I'm sad about what happened to Jason Jordan. But I also feel like, as problematic as some of it might be, I'm picturing some real good comedy where Chad Gable's like. Where Chad Gable gets way into Jason Jordan being his brother. I don't like where this is going. But Vince sure would. He really would. I, and I know exactly the things that he would really like about this. Would it be better or worse than Shorty G, though? Sadly, probably better. Yeah, you know what? Chad Gable thinking he has an Edward Pass is better than Shorty G is a gimmick. At least there's something you can do with that character. Fuck, now I kind of want that as awful as it is. (laughs) (laughs) Because I also feel like, no, he would actually probably be able to sell that in a way that would be entertaining. Mysteries that we'll never know. But yeah, back to the back to the topic at hand here. <laughs> I don't even remember the topic at hand. Io Shirai fucking rules. Oh yeah. The fact that Io Shirai got her championship in the weakest fucking fashion and wasn't even allowed to like Charlotte like you could weren't even allow her to fucking pin Charlotte. Well, you know, hey, theoretically in if you I get the kayfabe justification of, no, these people are developmental. Charlotte has been at the top of her game, and she's just come down here to clown on these developmental people. I get why NXT's not developmental anymore. What the fuck is NXT now? It's the third brand that only, you know, old people watch. (laughs) I mean, you know, hey, with cops and live PD being cancelled, this might genuinely make AEW and NXT the highest rated non-news shows on cable. It might be, who knows? Hell, with cops being cancelled, I think that makes Raw now the longest running primetime show of all time. Damn. Hard to believe. I can't believe... Yeah, no, is, wait, ha, is America's Most Wanted still on? Somewhere? I don't know. But I know it, I know Cops was the longest running primetime show. Mm. What's... I mean, I don't know who to root for less. The makers of Cops or Vince McMahon. Whoever wins, we lose. It's the ultimate alien versus predator situation. Let's... But speak- Where's yeah. where's the pro wrestling show that's going to operate in the Chaz? Again, 
it could be us, but we're playing. <laughs> but speaking of losers, it sure is cool, Oscar. Not to, you know, delve too much into the bad place, but it is super cool that the way that they're dealing with Charlotte, you know, losing the NXT championship is to immediately put her up in line for a title shot against Asuka when they're done with this Nia Jax shit. You know what? Charlotte versus Asuka is a match I would rather watch than... I. You know what? At least Charlotte's going to stink up the main roster again. The NXT women are just going to continue to be something that they care about way less than they should. It's just still ridiculous to me that they put her in just, like, all these fucking things. And just, you know, did you uh, did you hear that she got uh, interviewed about it by a sports kita? Who? Uh, Charlotte. No, I didn't. Yep, they, they asked her about, you know, the whole, like... Uh, about the whole quote-unquote being on WWE television for what feels like two hours every week. <laughs> sure. I have Charlotte's response in front of me. Oh. Oh, man. That's a loaded question. I don't know how, which, you know, in fairness it is, but yeah. regardless. I don't know how that came about. I just, like we talked about before, I really do think that my consistency is a detriment to the people missing me. I feel like I'm doing some of my best work in my career right now, promo-wise and in-ring-wise, but because people will see me all the time, I think they're used to it and the expectation is so high and it's so frustrating because it's like, well, am I not supposed to be hungry? Am I not supposed to always want to be on top? Am I not supposed to be fighting to get better? I don't know. It's like a catch-22. I think the biggest thing for me is, yes, I'm on all three brands, but if you look at my storylines that I'm a part of, I'm a part of someone else's storyline. It's not like anything is a Charlotte Flair push. Like, there's nothing that I'm just put there because I can basically do anything and everything they ask. Like, going to SmackDown was not for me. That's not a push. That is Charlotte Flair as a name, and she's coming to SmackDown. So, currently, I'm just all over the place brand-wise because I'm the hardest worker, and I say that for the... And I will say that for the women. I've been going straight for six years, and, you know, I don't... I like getting better. I like being at work. This is my job. I love it. I don't want to go away. But it is frustrating because I think some people take the growth in my work, you know, for granted because they see it all the time. It's not like, oh, man, it's hard. I don't know what the right answer is. I actually find it hard to disagree with that. You know, I was thinking a lot about this, and it's like, I I understand it from Charlotte's perspective. I understand where she's coming from with it. But, like, it reminds me a lot of the things that, like, John Cena would say, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah... I, I don't doubt for a second that you're genuinely doing this because you love it and you're genuinely, like, making yourself a soulless automaton for the company, doing everything in their power, you know, to push you because, like, you, and you're willing to go along with it because, like, yeah, in addition to getting, like, paid real handsomely, like, you do genuinely love this and you do genuinely love the work that you do and want to put everything into it. I don't discount that for a second. But at a point, you have to recognize that, like, None of this is actually benefiting anyone else. Like, you know, when there's she's talking about like, oh, man, that's not a you know, it's not a push for me to come to SmackDown. But at the same time, like, let's talk about what happened on the shit with Raw this week. Like, Charlotte gets put into a program with Asuka. She 
ends up in the opening match with Asuka in a tag team against the Iconics, where they fucking beat the Iconics, who have a fucking, you know, title shot and backlash against fucking Bailey and Sasha. And then I, in the fu- Yeah? I guess the thing here is it just reminds... Because oh, oh, here's the thing. In, in the main event, uh, they had Charlotte versus Asuka... Where Charlotte wins after fucking Nia Jax gets involved. And also, Charlotte gets the clown on Bailey and Sasha a little bit, too. I guess the thing for me is... And then the same with the John Cena situation. I don't blame Charlotte for Charlotte's push. No. You know, but because I, guess... I, I also recognize, yeah, if I was in that position, I'd absolutely be totally fine with, fine, put me everywhere. That means more money. And Yeah, and when you genuinely love what you're doing and you want to give it your all and, you know, be that top person, especially, yeah, this is a fucking, this is a, comp- this is a business and especially a company where, like, it's pushed by big individuals. Mm-hmm. And, like, of course you want to be that, like, top individual and get all that. Like, who doesn't want that? At the same time, though, you know, like like with the Cena thing, there's got to be a point where you got to fucking say no and recognize that what you're doing is just, like, fucking damaging other talent and damaging their ability to fucking rise up and, like, be on your level or be on, you know, and be another draw. Yeah. You know, again, yeah, I don't, um, I don't care, you know, if I'm, as a fan, yeah, it sucks. If I'm Charlotte, I view this as, yeah, they're building it around me now. Becky's gone, Ronda's gone, I'm the biggest name now. It's true. And, you know, it feels like there wasn't this amount of backlash against Becky Lynch, who they handed the same amount of accolades to. You know, yeah, Charlotte got all the firsts, but I mean, Becky Lynch definitely got a bunch of, you know, Becky Lynch definitely was all over Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, weird, it's like Becky Lynch was actually popular. Yeah, but you know, I don't, I feel like eventually, you know, the Becky stuff got really stale real quick. I mean, it did, but you know, I, I also feel like that's, again, it's a product of wwe this is how they book things yeah i also will name admit. it like let's let's talk about a title run that hasn't gotten stale adam cole Shayna baszler oh i found the Shayna stuff to get real stale after a while that's what i'm talking about so is adam cole oh sorry i thought you were using Shayna baszler as an example of a title run that hasn't gotten stale no i'm being sarcastic Sorry, I, I wasn't picking up on that. Shayna Baszler, Brock Lesnar, they all got stale. Honestly, I didn't hate the Brock Lesnar thing quite as much, just just in the sense of at least they knew how to present Brock Lesnar as a special attraction and that when when someone actually challenges Brock for the title, it's a big fucking deal because they are going at the beast. Yeah, and I do they appreciate. know they know how to present Lesnar well, and I don't hate when he's champion. You're not wrong, and I do appreciate that they are able to very much lean into. Yeah, you fucking hate this guy, right? Don't you want to see him lose? Yeah, 
Um, I don't feel that with Charlotte. I just feel go away heat with Charlotte. And it bums me out because it's like, I don't think she's bad. She's not a bad wrestler. Like, yeah, she, granted, she's still, she is my least favorite of the four horsewomen of NXT. Don't get me wrong. But, like, she's good at this. It's just I, this character is so whack. I actually controversially think she's the best of the, she's the most talented of the four horsewomen. Okay. Becky's the best character, but I think Bailey is you know, I never I never really got into Bailey. And I feel like Sasha Sasha's probably more talented, but Sasha unfortunately never has had a chance to show off that talent once she left NXT. Yeah, it's almost like Vince McMahon is a racist. Oh, I agree, but uh, you know, I, I think that Charlotte, of all, if, if you were to put it, if you were to show me, if you were to have a card where there's a singles match featuring four four singles matches, each one with a different horsewoman in it, the Charlotte match is the one that I would think the most would be, yeah, this will deliver. I'm currently staring a hole straight through Oscar through my Sasha Banks stunner shades. I don't blame Sasha Banks, but it also feels like Sasha Banks does not give a shit anymore. Sasha Banks had the only good Ronda Rousey match. Don't at me. I I liked Ronda Rousey's run. I know that Ronda Rousey's a piece of shit person, but fucking whatever. AJ Styles is one of my favorite wrestlers. You know. Yeah, fair enough. Like, yeah, Ronda Rousey... Ronda Rousey's a piece of shit. Ronda Rousey was a fucking great. Way better than any... Than she had any right to be, and... Yeah, no argument. Yeah, you know... Again, I love AJ Styles, so I can't talk shit about... You know, I can't talk shit about Ronda Rousey. I wonder what Ronda Rousey thinks about the shape of the earth. I now I'm just trying to think who's less problematic. This is just some whoever wins we, we lose shit. So let's let's not. Casual Friday, the biggest homophobe in wrestling, coming eventually. We're figuring it out. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's the ultimate warrior. I mean, yeah, it is, but also we're still figuring out what this show's gonna be. But yeah. it'll be good, whatever it is. Again, spoiler alert. It's just a review of the Ultimate Warrior. It might, it might, in fact, just be us watching the self destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I again, I will stand by. Ronda got a great fucking match out of Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon, I feel like is pretty damn good actually like i will not hear the stephanie slander like yo i'm gonna just say it stephanie got a good fucking match out of brie bella oh god i forgot about i forgot about that bella feud until now (laughs) but i never told anyone (laughs) (laughs) i wish you died in the womb I wish you... I don't... 
I can't turn this into a dynamite pun. I'm sorry. It's time to talk about AEW Dynamite. Speaking of things that Vince McMahon wishes died in the womb. Fuck, there it is. (laughs) Oscar. John. I didn't watch fucking NXT except for seeing the very end where Karrion Cross made a a fucking magical uh, hourglass appear in the ring with Adam Cole. Also, they unmasked El Hijo de Fantasma. They did, and he has a new name. And surprise, surprise, he's running the fucking luchador gang that we knew that he was running. I still don't understand why they didn't have the turn during the finals of the Cruiserweight Championship. Also, can we just... I just want to say... I'm so glad they picked the most generic name they could of Santos Escobar. It's pretty fucking good in how on the nose it is. Yeah. Like, it, it's basically... Look, it's it's basically the Latinx version of, of Dexter Loomis. <laughs> it's surprisingly not as funny, though. No, because oh. Dexter Loomis is just so on-the-nose stupid. See, I, again, I can't... <laughs> No NXT name will be as good as Joaquin Wild, which is a name I had to stretch my mind to think of because all I could think of is no name will be as good as whatever the dumbass name they gave DJZ is. Fair enough. But hey, now you need to put some respect on his name because he's part of uh, uh, Santos uh, Escobar's gang. Oh. Him and Raul oh. Mendoza. That sounds like a... That sounds like a stable that would light it up on Sunday Night Heat. <laughs> yeah. It'll be cool when none of these people ever do anything worthwhile. Hey, hey, they'll feud with Lucha House Party. Man, I can't wait to see the return of Kalisto. He's my favorite. Are Lucha House Party still employed? Yes. Ha! They they had a match, I believe, at uh, at Money in the Bank. Huh? I should have sworn they were part of that release. No, they weren't. Well, good for Lucha House Party. Yeah, good for them. Their but... en- their entrance in WWE 2K20 is shockingly kind of offensive. Uh, why am I not surprised? They just come out dancing with a piñata. That's just their entrance. Oh. That's literally just their entrance. You know what? I stand by what I said. Like, they, yeah, they would come out with a piñata and Kalista would throw candy from the piñata. They're basically just... <laughs> El you know, New Day. Latinx, yeah, Latinx New Day. El Nuevo Day. It's not... Nope. Nope. <laughs> It's it's time to talk about AEW Dynamite and play It's AEW Dynamite. Do you care? We're going to run down what happened on this week's show, and I'm going to ask if you care. And if you do, then we're going to talk about it. And if you don't, then we're not. Uh, I will tell you this. About halfway through AEW, I fell asleep. Fair enough. But let's talk about first the half that you did see. Chris Jericho on commentary. Do you care? Yes, Chris Jericho was obviously fucking ruled. God, he was fucking amazing. He's so good at this. 
Yeah, I, I would be very happy if Chris Jericho became a full-time commentator when he's done wrestling. Yep, he absolutely should. He's he's brilliant at it. He's just so good. And just so many of the fucking good quips that he had and just, like, the hilarious interplay that he had with just everyone on there. He's, like, it's <clears throat> wild to me how, you know, I'm I'm generally of the mind of, like, less commentators the better. Like, I, I am always for a two-man booth. Like, they made a four-man booth not feel overcrowded, though. Exactly. Like, they made a four-man booth for, like, half of the show feel just like a good flow and felt like everybody was contributing something and nobody was, like, fucking stepping over each other. Yeah. It was really well done. And Chris Jericho, f- just fucking keep doing this. And wearing your weird jacket and carrying that bat. But anyway, the Butcher and the Blade versus the debut match for FTR. Do you care? This was okay. Yeah, this match is really good. Yeah. I like that they're now calling the Shatter Machine the the Goodnight Express. I missed that. That's a really good name. Yeah. And I like that their new finisher is just, all right, fuck you. Here's the spike pile driver. I'm still not in favor of pile drivers. I'm not comfortable with the fact that AEW's like, nah, do all the fucking pile drivers. I I see where you're coming from. Although I I feel like if anyone's going to be safe with a pile driver, it's going to be those guys. I, I agree, but also it's just like, it's not a great look that pile drivers are. Especially just on the heels of a bunch of Dark Side of the Rings all about head trauma. You're not wrong, but hey, I mean, let's be honest. Did you see the way that uh, Jake Hager was taking some of those chairs? Yeah. He was leaning fucking in. I know he had his arm up and his hand up, but it looks like he was leaning his head into those fucking chairs. You know, yeah, although, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe if Jake Hager's, maybe if Jake Hager gets hit on the head a bunch, it'll just take away all the bad opinions. It might make them worse is the thing, though. That's generally how that goes. You know what? I'm on board for that. I'm on board for that ride. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean... This kind of just gives me an opportunity. To, I want to talk about the Tony Khan shit with Linda Hogan. Sure, yeah. Let, let's. We didn't really talk about that, but uh, I think it was last week or something. Uh, Linda Linda McMahon or Linda McMahon. Uh, Linda Hogan, the the ex wife of the Hulkster, was posting some dumb racist shit on Twitter, and Tony Khan decided to you know fucking add her to be like. Congratulations, you're banned from ever attending an AEW show, just like your husband, for your shitty beliefs. When it's like, motherfucker, they're never going to come to an AEW show. What are you doing? And also, Tony Khan has also rightfully been called out for. So what about Jericho and Hager, then? Yeah. You know, 
yeah, sure. Go off, go off, Queen. Rip up Hulk Hogan's speech. And do and, you know? Do the yas yas, Tony. Do the yeah. Do the sarcastic sideways clapping at at Linda Hogan. Sure, go ahead. But also, yeah. What are you doing about the fucking bigots that you're and all lies matter morons that are on your roster? Look, Tony Pelosi. Yeah, they're not as they're not as stupid as Jackson Riker, but come on. <laughs> Tony Pelosi is the ultimate clapback king. And there we go. There's the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Butcher and the Blade. They're real cool. I yeah. wish that they got to do more. Yeah. I wish we got more of those vignettes of just them hanging out of their butcher shop and accepting money. Yeah. I wish they kind of did more in general of that Lucha Underground-esque shit that they were doing for like a couple weeks. I do miss that. I, I'm Yeah, I miss them being like the <clears throat> lackeys for MJF. I miss their stuff with Allie that they had. Yeah, where is the bunny? She's working she's currently working a gimmick where she's maybe dating QT Marshall but maybe leading him astray sure it's it's confusing who knows anyway yeah as we said uh spike pile driver on on the blade FTR wins I like that I, FTR's entrance is them fucking busting into the to the arena in a car. They stole they stole Cody's truck and painted it black. It's pretty good. <laughs> um I also enjoyed this bit after with the Young Bucks and Omega and Paige. Oh right, yeah. All that happened too. Uh Shivani's oh, yeah, Shivani's interviewing FTR at the end. Of the match, and then uh, the young bucks come out to like you know have a conversation with them about what happened a couple weeks ago, and they get jumped by all the other tag teams, and like you know that it's Sabian and and uh, Jimmy Havoc and fucking uh, who else was there? Um, Butcher and Blade, obviously. Butcher and Blade was this when Evil Uno and no, they were no, no that was were... that was Colt Cabana. We'll get to that. Yeah, um, Omega and Page was that? Were they part of the ambush? Yeah, they they jumped out at the end to make the the final save. I think there was a, a f- yeah. another team, but I don't remember. I don't remember either. Doesn't matter. Yeah, um, there wasn't another team. It turns out. Oh, that that solves it. But hey, also the Natural Nightmares are getting a tag a tag team championship match for some reason next week. Why? nepotism I'm surprised you didn't see this because this is where like uh, Dustin was yelling at QT Marshall about how he's got to get his head in the game and not be thinking about this lady oh I, I I did see that I just didn't clue in that it was yes it was about Allie yeah anyway I... there's a yeah. ladies tag team match do you care no yeah it was uh, Cheetah and Statlander versus Nyla Rose and Penelope Ford. It was, 
it was fine. Like there, there were some good parts. It was, it was a good match, but also cool. You had Penelope Ford pin the champion. I know that there was some bullshit, but still. Yeah. Darby Allen, do you care? Yeah, this bit fucking ruled. Yo, he was just fucking skateboarding in, like, Tony Hawk's warehouse. Fucking just practicing the fucking drop off the fucking ladder with the skateboard. This is awesome. Which Tony Hawk kids pointed out. Yo, Darby Allen just did an NBD. Man. Darby Allen, do a Christ dare. Put Darby Allen in, in Pro Skater. Have Darby Allen do that super stiff leg Benihana from the old pro skaters. Have Darby have Darby Allen collect all the ice cream and his head gets big from Pro Skater Five. You're banned. Have Darby Allen call me on my on his T-Mobile sidekick to to tell me about motion controls. You're banned. Do strides ever? Do strides ever, extra long lasting manual? You're so banned. <laughs> the I, I only I've only ever played ride. These are all terrible. This I still can't believe that's the only one you've ever played. At least you can play the fucking new one that's coming out. But I I did pre order the new one. <clears throat> I was somewhat disappointed that the one that comes with a skateboard deck sold out. But Aww. then I'm like, wait, I don't want a fucking skateboard deck. I'm probably way too heavy to skateboard. Fair enough. Like, the skateboards probably can't handle a 400-pound guy. I ain't got a heavy-duty skateboard. I bet you that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake does not come with a heavy-duty skateboard. I bet not. Anyway, uh, best friends in Orange Cassidy, do you care? Tangentially. They fought the inner circle. Oh yeah, I forgot about this match. <laughs> yeah, this was a fun match. Orange Cassidy is great. Everybody yeah. loves Orange Cassidy. My fucking my fucking partner was like texting me like because she was literally like, "Hey, has Orange Cassidy been on yet?" I was like, "He's he's literally on. He just showed up, babe. You got to turn it on." And yeah, like fucking Orange. Look, I know it's it's anecdotal, but it's the thing we keep hearing here. Orange Cassidy drives ratings. People that don't care about wrestling fucking love this dude. Is Orange Cassidy AEW Sands? Potentially. I mean, I, maybe more so than Kenny Omega. Who knows? Yeah. Why the fuck did Kenny Omega get to be Sands? Because he's I mean, the one that actually likes Undertale. Because he's friends, I know he's friends with Toby Fox, but also, come on, Kenny Omega is Metaton. Yeah, fair enough. This match ruled, and then at the end of it, Chris Jericho and the rest of them beat the ever-loving dog shit out of Orange Cassidy and hit him with a fucking sack of oranges, which is really stupid, but also pretty fucking funny. I can't believe Chris Jericho is just New Jack now. Just gotta hit him with those oranges. Bring New Jack to AEW. I know Dark Side of the Ring happened and the New Jack meme on this show is over. But yo, bring in New Jack, you cowards. 
I wouldn't be opposed. MJF fought with Billy Gunn for some reason. I do not care. Okay. Cole Cabana versus Sammy Guevara. Do you care? No. It was an okay match. But the, the you... point at the end, though, is, is Sammy Guevara beats him, and Dark Order is like, yo, you should, like, join us and shit. And it seems like he might actually be doing that. Yeah, also, um, Eva Luno and Stu Grayson are back, so I yeah. guess the, the travel ban's lifted. I'm sure there's probably some kind of, like, uh, essential employees for sports thing. Oh, that's That's what right, they're trying there's... to do for the UK as well. Yeah. But yeah, right. I, I did notice that Evil Uno and Stu Grayson were back, and I was very happy to see them again. You know, they didn't get to do anything, but they're there. Yeah. There's also a Matt Hardy thing that was I strange. Do f- I don't give a shit about Matt Hardy. I like the Matt facts. I mean, look, it's a throwback to the only Matt Hardy gimmick I was actually into. Fair. But also, it doesn't have the best part about that gimmick. And that's the fact that he can slap a tornado. He can dry up a sea. John Moxley, do you care? No. He yelled in a parking lot, and then Taz yelled at him, and then Cage beat the fuck out of him yeah all right the tnt championship do you care this match what i saw was kind of good this match was actually really great and i have a lot of thoughts about it the cody rose versus mark quen uh tnt championship match for one uh private party's got a new theme it's not very good I didn't like their old theme, so I don't really have a problem with it. I know that a bunch of people on the show did really like that old theme, and I understand. But I appreciate that it has a man yelling shots. Just license the actual song. Or that. I mean, look. Why do that? Like, did you hear that FTR theme song? I I did, but I don't remember any of it. It's just the old one, basically! <laughs> It sounds exactly the same! Also, I just want to point out, I was very much not one of the people that was, like, rooting for Private Party's theme. Yeah, I know. I It's Owen and Trace that really like it. I, But also, hey, I was the only one that liked Battle Cry. I've, you were right, though. I've definitely warmed up to Battle Cry. Hell yeah, I was right! <laughs> you were right. Battle Cry is the crystal method of music. Damn. <laughs> Ruthless aggression. Every whenever we do it on Casual Friday. Although now that I say that I realize, wait no, the group the crystal method exists. And I probably can't just drop without context. Battle Cry is the crystal method of music. It's true. Anyway, two things stuck out to me in this match. First, yo. Cody was doing some mad heel shit. Yeah. Like, he was doing Rick Rude poses. He was, like, taking some fucking shortcuts here. Just looking like a real dick. 
But also, it feels like they're not willing to commit to, um... It feels like they're not willing to commit to an actual heel turn. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it, or, it feels, I'm not sure what they're doing if they're teasing it out and, like, playing the long game with it. Or, like, if it is just, like, they're not willing to commit. Or maybe he already has turned heel and just because there's no crowd, we do not know. But he's still, like, at the end, he's, like, you know, handshaking Quen and helping him up and, like, showing him respect and all that stuff. It's just when he's wrestling, he's fucking ruthless and mean and doing, like, some real fucked up shit. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I don't want to skip to the end here, but, like, that fucking ankle lock that he, like, transitioned into, like, you know, a sort of calf crusher where he's just, like, kicking, like, using his, the, all of his fucking leg power to just, like, kick Mark Quinn's ankle into that fucking weird position. That looked fucking painful. Yeah. No, the Cody is a heel. Cody should turn heel. He really should. And yeah, I, I felt like that when, you know, introducing him as the grandson of a plumber like that. Yeah. The other thing that stood out to me is, once again, Mark Quinn is just so fucking good. He just has it. Like, I'm, you know, one thing I will say, this match was definitely sloppy. Like, you could kind of tell, like, you know, look, we, we said it a couple weeks ago that, like, it definitely felt like Mark Quinn has had some fucking ring rust, especially on, uh, you know, fucking, whatchamacallit, uh, Double or Nothing. Like, private yeah. that private party match was rough. But, like, there's something to Mark Quinn. He, it's like, we've talked about it before, where, like, He's got this verb, or, like, he and Private Party have got this verb to them where, like, they're able to take these moves that, like, you know, they're not hitting him quite crisp, really. They're not hitting, there's a bit of a sloppiness to him, but it makes them look even better in a way. Like, that fucking crazy corkscrew DDT that he did on Cody, like, it didn't look, like, perfect by any stretch. Like, it wasn't this, like, beautiful fucking, like, Lucha Masterclass by any means, but, like, somehow the fact that it looked kind of dirty made it look even more brutal. Yeah, no, this... I I was very impressed with Mark Quinn during this. Or that 450 of the ramp? Holy shit! How are they not both dead? Mm-hmm. I really like this match a lot. Yeah, this match was fantastic. And, like, I think it's really good that, like, all the TNT matches so far have been great. And, you know, they built up to one that's probably not going to be great. But whatever, it's at, uh, it's at, uh, Fighter Fest. Which one are they doing for that one? Uh, they are doing Cody versus Jake Hager. Oh, why are you building to that? Who knows? Man... Why does AEW do some of the things they do? Like, well, actually, one thing that we do need to give them credit for, and one thing that I forgot about, and it is time to to end the show on, Oscar. Yeah. Sunny Kiss, do you care? I forgot Sunny Kiss. Sunny Kiss got to be on Dynamite. Granted, it was a pre-recorded video where you know they're setting up like him being a tag team with Joey Janela, but Sunny Kiss got to be on motherfucking Dynamite. 
You know what? I'm kind of into Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela being a team. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Like, if this is how we have to... If this is what we need to put up with to get Sonny Kiss on Dynamite, fine. Just put fucking Sonny Kiss on Dynamite already, you goddamn cowards. Fuck's wrong with you? Look, it's Pride Month. This AEW has changed their profile picture to a rainbow flag and Sonny Kiss is allowed to be on TV. Tune in for July 1st when all of this goes away. Happy Canada Day. That's it for Dynamite. And that's also it for episode 34 of Heel Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse podcast covering professional wrestling. Oscar, where can we find you? Osaka the Great, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and uh, eng.1966 at yahoo.ca on PayPal. Pay the man. I've been your host, John Giverts Maxwell. You can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet, but don't. I don't. I'm not doing anything there. Don't find me. I don't care. Well, all right then. Venmo at I am John, I guess, if you really want to pay me. Pay the man. But also, you should, you know, check out the Patreon. Patreon.cool. You can support us. Get exclusive shows. Exclusive content. Exclusive features. And also, you know, check us out at ProWrestling.cool. Maybe maybe John and I will do weekly review episodes of Drag Race All-Stars to take it off of this if you pay for it. And I'm only saying this because by saying it, I'm forcing John into doing this awful thing. <laughs> I'll consider it, but, you know, hey, <laughs> it would be a good place to do Chrisley Cast, was what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, Chrisley Cast. I, I, was, I was thinking a couple weeks ago, like, yo, maybe we should bring Chrisley Cast back. Look, you lip-sync, lip-sync for your podcast legacy. If you win... It's Chrisley Cast, but if the Lip Sync Assassin wins, then it's what the Pro Wrestling Cool audience votes for. Alright, well, I guess we'll have to figure that out next time. But until then, this has been Heel Alternative. For Oscar Bernard, I'm John Gavreski Maxwell. Until next week. Y'all come back now, you hear? This podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 